WFLF Fine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Welcome back once again to the 50,000 Watt Front Porch, where we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Filling in for Bud today, this is Yappy. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour a rainmaker heads for Florida. More in one minute. The Democrat primary candidates have more plans. And yes, it includes more giveaways. Talk about that next. 601 on News Radio 93.1. Parts of Florida's West Coast are preparing for the possibility of heavy rain and flooding from a potential tropical depression later this week. In Tallahassee, they're filling sandbags. Dennis Feltkin with the National Hurricane Center in Miami says there's an 80% chance a low over Georgia will become a tropical depression later this week, dropping lots of rain in the Northeast Gulf. That would certainly include the western coast of Florida as well as the Panhandle region. National Weather Service forecasters say Panama City, still recovering from Hurricane Michael, could get six to eight inches of rain over the next seven days. Gordon Bird, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The man found guilty of killing Winter Park nanny Jennifer Fulford seems to want to be put to death. Scott Nelson testified yesterday in the penalty phase of his murder trial, and when the prosecutor asked him if he wanted to be executed, he answered yes. His lawyers objected, though, and the judge told the jury to disregard the comment. Nelson was convicted last month of killing Fulford during a robbery two years ago. I know if Bud were here... Yeah. Bud's not here, but I know if he were here, he would say, okay, give him his wish, you know, from yeah. what he did. <laughs> so You asked for it. A Brevard County man is accused of attacking a cop. 33-year-old Justin Gentian was arrested yesterday after allegedly attacking a female Melbourne police officer who was trying to arrest him for shoplifting. Gentian was able to get away during that initial arrest attempt at Bell's Outlet on O'Galley Road, but he was found hours later in Satellite Beach. The officer suffered injuries described as significant but not life-threatening. The U.S. and the Taliban set for another round of peace talks today. U.S. and Taliban representatives expected to meet again in Qatar. It's the latest in a series of negotiations aimed at striking a peace deal to end Afghanistan's 17-year war. The chief U.S. negotiator, former ambassador to Afghanistan, Zalmay Khalilzad, says substantive progress has been made in recent weeks, with the Trump administration hoping to have a plan in place by September. In the meantime, the Taliban continues to carry out regular deadly attacks. Simon Owen, Fox News. President Trump says he'll no longer deal with the British ambassador to the U.S. after leaked cables show that he called the president inept and clumsy. On Twitter yesterday, Trump said Ambassador Kim Derrick is not well thought of within the U.S. The cables were leaked to the Daily Mail newspaper, revealing Derrick disparaging the president. New York Mets first baseman and former Florida Gators star Pete Alonso is Major League Baseball's 2019 Home Run Derby champion. Alonzo said it was a special night he won't soon forget. I mean, it's to do this in front of friends and family and uh, loved ones. It's, it's, it was just it's a dream come true. It's, it's amazing. Um, I, I couldn't have had a better pitcher. I mean, this, this, was, this was surreal. Alonzo edged out Toronto Blue Jays rookie Vladimir Guerrero Jr. 23-22 in the finals at Cleveland's Progressive Field. He wins $1 million in prize money and he's giving 10% of it to charity, 5% each to the Wounded Warrior Project and to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Oh, that's great. Those are 
both really great charities. Yeah, he was a popular winner of the Home Run Derby, Pete Alonzo. I'm and, sorry I missed it. I, I usually like to watch those. And as I mentioned, former Florida Gators star. Yeah. WFLA News Time is 6.05. A woman gets her wallet back 75 years after it was stolen. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Better late than never. I guess. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Use your smart speaker. Tell Google Home to play News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Yes, and this is the Tuesday edition of Good Morning Orlando. Yaffe filling in for Bud here, Bud's on vacation. He will be back next week. Melissa Fox is producing today. Kelly is screening your calls at 407-916-5400. You can also text to 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. And once again, Alan Spector is back today. He was Ta-da. out yesterday, back yet a... Uh, quite eventful weekend yesterday, uh, over in Tampa. Yesterday was my travel day back from Tampa. Uh, my daughter uh, came into town uh, late last week, and uh, Shana and I uh, pulled off a, a doubleheader in Tampa on Sunday. We went to see the uh, the Rays and Yankees at Tropicana Field Sunday afternoon. Unfortunately, my Yankees lost 2-1, to one, but great time. And then uh, that night, Sunday night, we went to see... ELO, Jeff Lynn's ELO, mm-hmm. Electric Light yep. Orchestra, in concert at Amelie Arena, and uh, it was a fantastic show. That, that sounds awesome. I'm glad you had a good time. I guess it was an excused absence then. We missed you here, but well, we'll I, let you get a I appreciate that, yeah. <laughs> Every Thank once you. in a while. Now, the important question is, did you get... I'm hearing... What am I hearing? <laughs> is this ELO? <laughs> Just tell me they played Mr. Blue Sky, please. They did play it. Yeah. Thank gosh. Okay. I was worried. There was the, <laughs> that was the big finish to the regular set. Nice. Yeah. And then they came back as their encore. They did uh, Roll Over Beethoven. Really? Yeah. That's a twist. Oh, nice. I'm living vicariously well, that through was Spectre. Their... So, oh, so you're, you're a fan too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Roll Over Beethoven was Yellow's, I think, first big hit. And uh, it starts with uh, a very traditional uh, rendition of Beethoven's Fifth Century, uh, Fifth Symphony. You know the dun 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 dun. Yeah. Oh wow! And, cool. you know, well, ELO has a big string section, yeah. cellos, violins, and everything that goes along with. You the, imagine the whole the, band. that tour? It's huge. It's just huge what they had on the stage. She mm-hmm. was telling me earlier, and I'm just like, "What, Spectre?" Nice. Yeah, she's really jealous. And Emily Arena was packed. All three levels were full. Oh, I bet. So the important question, did you get a hot dog during the baseball game? Uh, no, come on. <laughs> you know, I did not. Oh, man. All that talk last week about hot dogs. You didn't get down. One. All right, we're going to talk a little bit about the Democrats because the primary candidates have some new plans, and you could probably guess what they can they include. We'll get to that in just a moment. And an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It's 6.08. 612 here on Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Here is one of the top stories for you right now. Congressman Eric Swalwell is withdrawing from the 2020 presidential race. I know, hold back your tears, everyone. The California representative had been in the closely watched race for the Democratic nomination for about three months. But his campaign failed to gain much momentum. Swalwell said he hoped his bid raised awareness of gun control and climate change. 
Updates in our top stories every 10 minutes every morning on Good Morning Orlando. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henniger, Alan Spector, Michael Yaffe, and Melissa Fox. So Swalwell is out. Not enough free stuff, you see. Is that what it was? Yes. He forgot yeah. to promise all the free stuff. <laughs> I, I want to talk about right the issues. Issues. Because I was thinking between all of the different Democratic candidates, they're going to be spending $100 trillion or something like that. I just threw that number out there, but that could be pretty yeah, accurate. Yeah, it might be right. <laughs> so, But I want to talk a little bit about some of the new plans that are out from some of these Democratic candidates. And it starts with Kamala Harris, who is rising in the polls after her debate performance. Pretty close to Joe Biden now in the polls. A lot of people think she's going to be the candidate, not only because she's a black woman, but she's a tough prosecutor who can go up against Trump. That's sort of the narrative. Well, she's also trying to get a lot of the black vote because before it was Joe Biden was actually getting a lot of the black votes because, well, he was Barack Obama's vice president. And he's well-known, so you could see why. So Kamala Harris is trying to put out plans to get some of those votes. It might actually be successful. But one of her plans she talked about in the 2019 Essence Festival in New Orleans on Saturday. I want you to listen to this, and then I have to react to this, because there's definitely going to be some unintended consequences to something like this plan. Here it is. I am releasing a new plan to start closing the wealth gap. And here's how it works. So a typical black family has just $10 of wealth for every $100 held by a white family. So we must right that wrong. And after generations of discrimination, give black families a real shot at home ownership. Historically, one of the most powerful drivers of wealth in our country. So I will remove the barriers that black Americans face when they go to qualify for a home loan. I will strengthen anti-discrimination lending laws and implement stricter enforcement. And I'll invest, and I'll invest through the federal government $100 billion to put home ownership within the reach for those who live in redlined communities, and it would help up to four million families with down payments and closing costs. Could you hear how excited she started to get when the number came out? You see how excited (laughs) they get? Look at that. I'm going to hand you an ace, and then you can play. I'm going to give... $100 $100 billion. I just expect oh. like Elizabeth Warren to come out of the corner. I'll give you $150 billion, and this is just what we're going to do now. Do you not see that as lowering standards, like saying, I'm sorry, black people, but you can't make it without my help? Um. Well, yes, and I'll get into that in just a moment, actually. But I also want to play a little bit of Elizabeth Warren here, who also has a similar plan, and this is her campaign thing now. She has a plan for that, a plan for everything, and she talked about it. Here it is. I have a housing plan to build 3.2 million new housing units in this country and to address the generational impact of redlining that our government used to discriminate against black citizens. So my first thought when I was hearing these plans from them is are we trying to create another great recession? 
Is this what we're trying to do? Because what caused the last Great Recession was the housing market crash. What caused the housing market crash is we kept easing lending standards from, you guessed it, government-sponsored entities, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, where people who were were getting loans that they couldn't afford. That's me. (laughs) <laughs> were you uh, one of those yeah. people had a house lost it yeah oh, let's see people were getting these loans way too easily that they ended up not being able to afford and then those loans because they were basically backed up by the government the implicit government guarantee were sliced and diced and they were put in different categories and they were invested in and all that stuff and you eventually it all crashed on itself. Yeah, it was bought by Deutsche Bank. Hmm, that makes you wonder. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know. It's a whole other yeah. controversy right now. And then I've noticed in the past few years, it's not just Democrats, by the way. Republicans have been doing this, too. We want to go back to that. We want to go back to making these lending standards, either through Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, or now through a $100 billion plan that Kamala Harris is putting out there. We want to make it easier and easier and easier to get these loans that people can't afford. I understand that historically blacks had trouble with this, were discriminated against, but this is not the way to do it. A lot of times when they put out these plans to so-called help out minorities, it ends up having the opposite effect. All you have to do is look at the inner cities after the giant welfare programs implemented by Lyndon Johnson in the 60s and the 70s. It destroyed the inner cities, and it was all based on the good intentions of helping minorities. But this is not what's going to help minority communities. These handouts are not what's going to help minority communities. By the way, Kamala Harris's plan, the $100 billion would go to U.S. and housing urban development grants to provide up to $25,000 in assistance for down payments and closing costs on principal residences. $25,000 these handouts. This is not going to work. The unintended consequences are going to be another housing crash, which is going to end up putting a lot of these minority communities out of the house and in the hole and a lot of debt and bad credit because they had to foreclose on their house. Oh, Michael, I can see it. It's going to be like the Obama phones again. I'm going to get me a Kamala house, a Kamala house. Yeah, it's just, it's not going to work. So that's one of the things that's being pushed by the Democrats now. I'll tell you what another thing is. We'll get to that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes here on Good Morning Orlando. Looking at the top stories for you right now, a federal judge is blocking the Trump administration from forcing drug companies to disclose prices in TV ads. The U.S. District Court judge noted that the Department of Health and Human Services doesn't have the authority to force drug companies to list prices. He notes that only Congress could impose impose such a rule, even though he admitted that having drug prices publicized could help bring down prescription costs. Updates on our top stories every 10 minutes here on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. I just want to point out when talking about uh, Kamala Harris's plan, more, making it even easier for low-income people to get homes, there are already plans in the books right now for low-income people to get homes. And I'm all for fighting discrimination, but this isn't fighting discrimination legally. This is just adding more of a handout, which encourages more bad behavior, which could end up hurting low-income people and minority groups in the long run. More blacks are entering the middle class now than possibly ever before. 
we have to let that process continue naturally over time rather than give them handouts, which could hurt that process in the long run. Uh, we got some calls and texts coming in on this. Let's take a call. Let's go to Bertha. Bertha in the land. How are you? Bertha, you there? Uh, nope. No Bertha? Uh, maybe she will Maybe she will call back. Um, uh, we do have some texts coming in on this. Uh, Melissa, could you possibly read some of those text messages? Yeah, I sure can. Uh, if a white, what if a white candidate came out and said, I would like to give all white people a home loan guarantee just because you're white and we trust you? Democrats are the most racist people right now. Well, what they would say is that whites don't need it because they're a privileged class, but blacks are discriminated against. So that's why they need it. So um, we have some more texts on this. And one person said the next policy the Democrats will come up with is if you're an illegal immigrant, you're guaranteed a home loan. They'll just keep going further and further to the left. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Bernie Sanders. He also came out recently he actually came out with this plan about a month ago, but he reiterated his plan at a teacher's union forum, talking to a lot of people, a part of the teacher's union, his plan to get teachers more money. Here it is. Every teacher in America should earn at least $60,000 a year. So his plan is that we guarantee every teacher in America $60,000 a year. This is another one of those plans that sounds good on the surface because it's based on good intentions. You know, I think most people would agree that teachers need to be paid more. But when you talk about a plan mandated by the federal government where all teachers are going to be paid $60,000 a year, for one, how are you going to afford that? Two, how are you going to mandate that? But most importantly, this goes back to the problem of teacher pay is not the main problem when it comes to public education in this country. Teachers have been historically paid too little. And in fact, it has a lot to do with our public school system, which is getting better with things like school choice. But if you want to talk about the real problems in schools right now, it's not money. There's lots of money being thrown at public schools all over this country right now. And still, historically, public schools are having the same problems. Statistically, they're having the same problems. Really, the big issue when it comes to public schools in today's country is discipline problems. That's what's causing a lot of students to fall behind in these public schools because administrators and teachers are no longer able to keep students in line they're no longer able to discipline them like they need to be to be successful and because of that you have you know out ruly kids we have unruly kids out there causing problems for other students until we face that problem and also curriculum we need to teach more civics in public schools but until you fix the discipline problem in the public schools you could pay the teachers even more it's not going to solve the overall problem. So this is something that will come up more as uh, talk more about the Democrat primary. I'm sure all of the candidates will have a plan similar to Bernie Sanders where they want to pay teachers more. We'll talk about that more, but we have more news coming at the bottom of the hour. We do, Michael. A Holocaust-denying school principal gets a different job, and the U.S. women's soccer team is back home. Those stories and others, plus traffic and weather together in just two minutes. 
And Alan Spector is joining me in the studio right now with more news, including this story from Florida, here in the state of Florida, about a principal being reassigned. The reason? Pretty interesting. Uh, Yeah, a South Florida high school principal is being punished for what the Palm Beach County School Superintendent calls a grave error in judgment. William Latson was reassigned yesterday after telling a parent he couldn't say for sure that the Holocaust actually happened. Latson had been principal at Spanish River High in Boca Raton for eight years, but the district says his leadership has become a major distraction. The news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Hedge fund magnate Jeffrey Epstein will remain in jail for at least a week. This comes as a federal judge will set a bond amount on charges of sexually abusing a number of underage girls. It's the second time Jeffrey Epstein is facing federal prosecution for trafficking in underage girls, and this time the feds hope a judge will not grant him bail considering his global resources. So we think he has uh, every incentive to try and flee the jurisdiction. And U.S. Attorney Jeffrey Berman says Epstein already has a no-prosecution agreement with federal authorities in Florida, but not in New York. When you have uh, two planes and you live much of the year abroad, uh, you know, w- we think that's a very real risk. That bail hearing won't take place until next Monday. Eben Brown, Fox News. A search is underway to find two witnesses to a deadly stabbing in Orange County. Deputies believe the two and another person broke into a home on South Central Avenue in Apopka this weekend and attacked a female resident. That resident then allegedly stabbed one of the suspects to death and the other two fled the scene. Investigators believe the resident knew at least some of the attackers, but no motive has been released. A thunderstorm appears to be a factor in a fire in Orange County. A fire started early yesterday at a home on 4th Street in Bithlow when a generator exploded. The generator was being used because a tree fell on a power line and knocked out electricity during a thunderstorm. There's no word on what caused the generator to explode, but no one was hurt. The U.S. women's soccer team is back home after winning the World Cup on Sunday. The team will be honored with a parade in the so-called Canyon of Heroes in downtown Manhattan tomorrow. It'll be the second ticker tape parade for co-captain Alex Morgan. Honestly, that was like the best part of 2015 when we won. And so I'm so excited to share this moment with my teammates, um, a lot of whom have never been a part of that, have have never gotten um, the star that we got in 2015. So to do this again, but on a grander scale, knowing that so many more eyes are on us is pretty incredible. You might remember Alex Morgan played for the Orlando Pride in 2017. Updating the top stories for you right now, areas along the Gulf Coast of Florida to Texas could get pounded by rain later this week as forecasters at the National Hurricane Center say a low-pressure area over Georgia is going to move south and there's an 80% chance it could become a tropical depression over the next few days. Updating our top stories every 10 minutes right here on Good Morning Orlando. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henninger, Alan Spector, Michael Yaffe, and Melissa Fox on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Well, we were supposed to talk to one of our AccuWeather meteorologists. We're probably going to try to get him on later in the show. The connection has not been made for some reason, but I did pull up the Orlando Sentinel story on this system that apparently is going to go in the Gulf of Mexico near Florida later this week. Well, it's coming down from Georgia and mm-hmm. the northern Florida area. So the panhandling areas that got hit hard from Hurricane Michael are definitely on alert. Yeah. Right? 
And that's where I got. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> or meteorologist, Melissa. No, she's not a meteorologist. Unfortunately, I am not a meteorologist either. Actually, but uh, <laughs> actually, I have a pronosticator certificate. I just don't do the weather anymore. You have a what? I do the weather. You do the weather. Yes. In other words, I w- I've trained to do the weather. I actually took classes mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah, I can read a oh. map. It's crazy. But well, I leave it for the real people. Well, then your weather report should have been a lot better just now then if yeah. you have a certificate. Oh, come on, man. I told you. There's an 80% <laughs> chance that a tropical depression is going to form. And then if it does become a name, Hurricane will become Barry, yeah, which doesn't storm Barry. seem very threatening. The name Barry. Really? Yeah. I'm just not really feeling it. What do you? What I mean, do how you, many Barrys do we know? Manilow, have? right? I mean, Barry Manilow, Barry. I mean, uh, Obama, just, Barry Obama. No, that was oh no, that was Barry back in the day when he smoked <laughs> pot. Now it's Barack. It's very, but no, uh, yeah, the weather doesn't look good. Okay. Well, I did talk to the meteorologist on PM Orlando yesterday, so they didn't stiff me yesterday evening, but um. On PM Orlando, the meteorologist did tell me that this system is expected to go into the Gulf. But once it gets into the Gulf, there's a high-pressure system that's moving towards the west. The high-pressure system is going to move over Florida. And we'll get a lot of rain here, but it seems like if this becomes a tropical storm or even possibly a hurricane, who knows, that that system is eventually going to move west and probably go towards um, Texas. So, So there's a small chance... That it would hit us, but a very, very small change. It looks like most of the forecasts are saying this thing is going to go west. But, of course, we'll get a lot of rain, so what? that's always good. I won't be able to use those words, hunker down, people. <laughs> I mean, you can if you want. And my but favorite second set of words, feeder bands. Feeder no. bands? Yeah, yeah. See, do you, you kind of miss being a meteorologist. See, don't told you. you. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, Pointing it's at a there. map and making sure that I'm hitting the right areas for the blue screen. Yeah, it was good times. So you did this for TV? Yes, I did. What else have you? No, I'm not going to ask what? that question. I don't well, want to. I don't want to know. Yeah, it'd be best to say what haven't I done. <laughs> so, just reading in the Orlando Sentinel right now, according to the National Hurricane Center, they said uh, trough low pressure located over South Central Georgia is producing disorganized showers. Uh, the disturbance is expected to move southward or southwestward during the next day or two, and a broad area of low pressure is forecast to form over the northeastern Gulf of Mexico on Wednesday. Uh, environmental conditions are expected to be conducted for development and a tropical depression is likely to form by the end of the week while the low moves slowly westward across the northern gulf of mexico forecasters predict a 30 percent chance of tropical system development by wednesday um, chances grew from 10 percent of development originally issued at monday's 8 a.m update Forecasters added, regardless of whether or not a tri- tropical cyclone develops, cyclone develops, this system has the potential to produce heavy rainfall along portions of the northern and eastern U.S. Gulf Coast later this week. And um, so there you go. It has. We don't know yet if it could become a hurricane, but we all know that once a system like that enters the Gulf of Mexico. Um, as our meteorologist Melissa Fox would tell you, once it goes in the warm weather weathers of the Gulf of Mexico and just the right conditions are there, it could develop into a hurricane. That's correct. Yes, yeah, warm and and cold and pressure and what crazy. And then those words, hunker down. And yes, so hopefully we will not have to hunker down. At least not for this. If you want to hunker down just for random reasons or rain, I I, I guess you could. But hopefully we'll just push it away from Florida. So, there you go. I wonder if it's raining uh, where Bud is. I'm just uh, pointing that out. Hopefully, 
<laughs> Hopefully he's still having a, a good time. So we're going to move on to some fun and games next for Sound Judgment. Yes, Sound Judgment, doing it in the 6 o'clock hour. I want you to call right now, 407-916-5400, 407-916-5400. We have a great prize, and it's a prize that you'll really like if you have kids or grandkids so if you want that prize, we're going to tell you what that is in a moment, but you have to call first. You got to call right now to play the game 407-916-5400, or you can call the toll-free line at 866-916-5400. Of course, we have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. It's all coming up here in two minutes on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. 652 right now and here's a news update for you former president bill clinton is denying any knowledge all knowledge of the crimes that billionaire jeffrey epstein is accused of committing well, of course he is epstein was charged with sex trafficking underage girls and pleaded not guilty to those charges yesterday clinton has been linked to epstein with one fox news report saying he flew on epstein's plane over two dozen times Clinton says he hasn't spoke with Epstein in over a decade. Updating the top stories every 10 minutes every morning here on WFLA. Listen to us anywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Search WFLA Orlando. Yes, and we have callers waiting patiently for a chance to win that prize on today's sound judgment game. But if someone gets a wrong answer, you can call 407 916-5400 or 866-916-5400 and before we get to the game kelly who was call screening today will tell you what the prize is yes we have a digital copy of disney's live action dumbo and a digital copy of disney's animated classic cinderella you get your copies on the movies anywhere app starting june 25th all right so for today's sound judgment question a member of trump's cabinet gave a press conference yesterday Pretty easy question for you. I want you to use your sound judgment, listen to this audio, and tell me who is speaking. What is he speaking about? Yes, you know, we've been considering all the options, and I've been in constant uh, discussions with the president ever since the Supreme Court decision came down. And I think over the next day or two, you'll see what approach we're taking. I think uh, it, it does provide a pathway for getting the question on. I think he has a very recognizable voice, a member of Trump's cabinet, been in the news pretty prominently lately, so you can get this question right. By the way, we still have some open lines, so you can call right now for sound judgment, 407-916-5400 or 866-916-5400. Just tell me who was that speaking and what was that person speaking about? Let's go to line two, line two. Line two, you there? Nope. I thought it was a pretty easy question. I don't know the answer. Uh, let's go to line one. Line one, who is that speaking and what are they speaking about? I think that's Attorney General Bill Barr, and he's speaking about the question on the uh, census. Yep, you're right. Good guess. Good Thank guess. You. Awesome. That's awesome. Great. <laughs> All right. Um, what's your name? Where are you calling from today? Uh, Tom, and I'm coming calling from Windermere. So did you just recognize his voice? To me, he has a pretty recognizable voice. Absolutely. You could tell it was Bill Barr for sure. Okay, good. Well, I'll put you on hold, and Kelly will tell you how you can get that prize, okay? Thank you very much, Mike. You guys have a great show. All right. Congratulations on that. You know, speaking of the census question, Melissa Fox, I'm going to throw a little audible at you right now. Can you go down to the Nancy Pelosi cut, cut one, 
Because Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, of course had to weigh in on all of this. And, well, well, I'll just play it and then you have to react to it. That's all I can say about it. Here's what she said. This is about keeping, you know, make America, you know, this hat, make America white again. They want to make sure that people, certain people, are counted. There you go. I'm just going to let that sit for a sec. Oh, boy. As all of you listen to what Nancy Pelosi said, it's so, they just can't help but play the race card. But does Nancy Pelosi know that there are a lot of non-white citizens and non-white legal residents that could perfectly well answer the question that they are a citizen? It you, doesn't wait, seem that difficult there's, to me. There's brown and black and, and yellow and, and all other kind of people who are citizens of America. Believe it or not, yes. Michael. There is no evidence that it's just about making America white again. Even Trump has said he's encouraging legal immigrants to come in. He just doesn't want illegal immigration. But he's trying to find out, and the citizenship question has been on the census before. It was on the census up until the 50s. And then even after that, it was on the long-form census. But I see it as the census asks a lot of questions now because they want to get data and use that data for different reasons. And this is just another question to be able to get data to see who is in this country legally. So it doesn't seem like this is too difficult, but the fight continues on, and they just can't help but play the race card. And this is not a race thing. It's, it's, just, it's just not Alan Spector is in the studio with me right now, and I know you have more news coming up. I do, Michael. Forecasters are watching a possible tropical depression headed for Florida, and baseball's Midsummer Classic takes place tonight. Those stories and others, plus traffic and weather together in just two minutes. 6.58 on Good Morning Orlando. FLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Welcome back once again to the 50,000 watt front porch where we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Filling in for Bud today, this is Yaffe. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour a tropical depression in Florida's future. More in one minute. So, some new details have come out on the Kavanaugh confirmation. Wait until you hear that next. 701 on News Radio 93.1. Forecasters say there's an 80% chance that a low pressure system over Georgia will affect Florida later this week. Now, it's forecast to move southward toward the northeastern Gulf of Mexico. And in that area is where we're going to have a broad area of low pressure form, probably on Wednesday. Dennis Falcon with the National Hurricane Center says regardless of development, the system is expected to bring heavy rain to much of Florida's Gulf Coast. In Tallahassee, authorities are offering to fill sandbags as they're expecting localized flooding. The news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Brevard County's ban on atheists giving invocations before public meetings has been ruled unconstitutional. A federal appeals court says the county violated the First Amendment by allowing those of Christian, Jewish, and Muslim faiths to deliver invocations at county commission meetings, while at the same time denying non-religious groups from doing so. 
The first candidate drops out of the Democratic presidential primary race. California Congressman Eric Swalwell says mass shootings were something that really left him discouraged, yet inspired him to run. Then Parkland happened, and the communities of Parkland converge with communities in Sandy Hook and cities where we never hear the names and never know the stories like Chicago and Baltimore and Miami and Oakland. And they marched from the town squares to the town halls to the ballot boxes. Swalwell is proud of Democrats defeating 15 NRA members in the 2018 midterm elections. Well, he tried really hard in the debates, um, but just never got any traction. Just not very charismatic, I think. Never got uh, even up to 1% in the polls. Answers as to what caused an explosion at a South Florida shopping center could still be days away. Investigators were at the scene yesterday at the market on University Plaza in Plantation. No one was killed in the weekend blast, but 23 people were hurt. Witnesses reported smelling gas before the explosion, but investigators say there are no signs of a gas leak. Then what else could it be? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's just a crazy story. If it's not a gas explosion, what else could it possibly be? I just, I just don't know. I don't know either. As Southern California residents are still trying to recover after two earthquakes rattled that region last week. The earthquakes were centered in Ridgecrest in the nearby town of Trona. Resident Justin Eldridge helped pack his parents' mobile home. It is very tough. You know, you've been here 50 years and everything like that, and all of a sudden this devastation come around with the earthquake, you know, and, and he's got to come over and help your parents out. In the two quakes registered magnitudes of 6.4 and 7.1. No major injuries were reported, but there have been several hundred aftershocks. Baseball's best and brightest take the field for the All-Star game in Cleveland tonight. All-Star action coming up from Progressive Field this evening with bragging rights on the line as the American League's best take on the standouts from the National League in the annual Midsummer Classic. The Houston Astros with three batters in the AL starting lineup, Alex Bregman, George Springer, and Michael Brantley will get going early, while Justin Verlander will get the start on the mound for the second time in his career. L.A. Dodgers' ace Hunjin Ryu gets the start for the National League. His teammate Cody Bellinger, who leads the league in homers, will bat fourth, while reigning National League MVP Chris Christian Yelich will bat leadoff. First pitch coming up in the MLB All-Star Game at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. WFLA News Time is 7.05. Shocking video captures a violent fight between adults at Disneyland. (laughs) That story and the video are online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WFLAOrlando. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. TM Orlando, weekdays 5 to 6 p.m. News Radio 93.1. They were probably waiting in line or something. The happiest place on earth. (laughs) Yeah. You see it? It was a brawl. You got to watch that video. Go to our website, WFLEOrlando.com. It's crazy. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. That is Melissa's Fox's voice you heard she's producing today. Kelly is screening calls. Alan Spector is here today, back once again giving the news. Now, you were talking about the earthquakes uh, just a second ago, Alan, and I asked uh, everyone who was here yesterday if they have ever been in an earthquake. Nobody here has ever been in one. Have you ever been in an earthquake, I have never been in one. So, like, we're just all Floridians here, (laughs) if, if anyone wants to know, because Kelly, Melissa, me, Alan, even Tom Benson yesterday, none of us have ever been in an earthquake, so we have no idea what that feels like. I but, mean, we can kind of imagine, I guess. But. Yeah, but I would think most of us has been, have been through a hurricane. Yeah, that's and true. A lot of other people can't say that. 
Yeah, so, so so there. In your face, Southern California. <laughs> what? I've been through uh, too many hurricanes, including four in one year. And what was that? That was 2004, right? Yeah, that what happened? Sure was. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, speaking of something that could be considered an earthquake or even a hurricane, I guess, uh, the whole Kavanaugh confirmation, that was uh, quite a hurricane of stuff going on when Kavanaugh was trying to be confirmed, and then he was accused of sexual assault. But there's a new book out on all of that that goes over some things about his accuser that, funnily enough, the mainstream media really didn't report on and I hadn't heard of until yesterday. When I was reading about this story and I want to make a couple of points on why this is important to know. It's not necessarily to blast his accuser. I'm not trying to do that, but it goes over the point of what we were saying at the time of the confirmation about Kavanaugh. So we'll talk about that and much more coming up. And an update of Orlando's news, weather and traffic is just two minutes away. 707 on Good Morning Orlando. It's 712 right now on Good Morning Orlando, and here's one of the news updates for you. A convicted killer seems to want to be put to death. Scott Nelson testified yesterday in the penalty phase of his murder trial, and when the prosecutor asked him if he wanted to be executed, he answered yes. His lawyers objected, though, and the judge told the jury to disregard the comment. Nelson was convicted last month of killing Jennifer Fulford during a robbery two years ago. Updates on the top stories every 10 minutes every morning on Good Morning Orlando. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at WFLA Orlando. And this is Yaffe filming in for Bud. If you want to follow me on Twitter, by the way, you can follow me at PMOWFLA. That is my Twitter handle because I also host PM Orlando right here on News Radio 93.1 WFLA, Monday through Friday. 5 to 6 p.m. We cover a lot of ground in just an hour every day covering local and national breaking news. So it's a great news resource for your drive home. So it wasn't too long ago when we were a part of the controversy that was the Kavanaugh confirmation. And we remember Kavanaugh's powerful testimony when he defended himself against accusations of sexual misconduct and basically sexual assault from someone by the name of Christine Blasey Ford. Here's a little bit of that testimony just to refresh your memory. Never expected that it would devolve into this. Explaining this to our daughters has been about the worst experience of our lives. Little Liza, all of 10 years old, said to Ashley, we should pray for the woman. It's a lot of wisdom from a 10-year-old. We mean, we mean no ill will. So we remember at the time, he is on the Supreme Court now. He ended up getting that confirmation. We remember Republicans like Lindsey Graham coming out and saying they're trying to destroy this man without any real evidence but we also remember at the time, a lot of people on the left and the mainstream media basically were saying to believe her, that we should just believe her. Now, there's one thing between taking her accusations seriously, that's fine. You can take accusations of a woman claiming something like that seriously, but without evidence, we shouldn't just believe someone. That's not how it works in this country. 
That's why we have Innocent Until Proven Guilty. Well, there's a new book on all of this. It's called in it's called Justice on Trial. The authors are Molly Hemingway from The Federalist and Carrie Severino. Now, Molly was actually on Fox News yesterday talking about why she wrote this book. Has a lot of background information, not only on the confirmation process and what was going on in Kavanaugh's mind, what was going on in the Trump administration, but also some new things that revealed some more about Christine Blasey Ford's history. But Molly was on Fox News yesterday talking about why she decided to write this book. We wrote Justice on Trial because what happened last year with the Kavanaugh confirmation was one of the most important things to happen to the country. Millions of Americans were horrified as they saw not just what happened to this man, but what was happening to justice itself. Mm -hmm. We interviewed more than 100 people, including the president and other key figures at the White House, Supreme Court justices, dozens of senators to get this exclusive inside uh, look at what happened and why it was so important. And we, we learned, you know, we were both involved in the uh, in the Kavanaugh confirmation. Mm -hmm. I covered the story, but we were shocked by what we didn't know and what we learned through these. That's what and I have to admit, I was pretty shocked, too, because I didn't know what was being detailed in this book until now. Here's some of the things, as according to The Daily Caller, that the book reveals. Injustice on Trial, authors Molly Hemingway and Carrie Severino say unnamed peers accused Ford of drinking to excess and accosting boys with some regularity as a student at the Holton Arms School. This is, of course, a contrast with press accounts that cast her as innocent and naive during that period. We all know that Ford accused Kavanaugh of sexually assaulting her during a 1982 house party in Maryland. Um, here's more from the book. It says, female classmates and friends at area schools were called a heavy drinker who was much more aggressive with boys than they were. Talking about Miss Ford. If she only had one beer on the night of the alleged assault, a high school friend said, then it must have been early in the evening. Her contemporaries all reported the same nickname for Ford, a riff on her maiden name and a sexual act. They also debated whether her behavior in high school could be attributed to the trauma of a sexual assault. One person, one witness said, if it could, one of them said, then the assault must have happened in the seventh grade, meaning that she had been like this many years before this the alleged assault. Now, the anonymous sources who shared those accounts were reluctant to come forward because hostility to Kavanaugh made them fear for their livelihood if their names were attached to the stories. Now, something else that the book reveals is Holton Arms yearbooks, which was Ford's yearbook. The authors obtained provide a contemporaneous, a contemporaneous narrative about the school's social scene like Kavanaugh's own yearbooks from Georgetown Preparatory School, the Holton Arms Annual is replete with sexual innu innuendo and explicit references to underage binge drinking, among other themes. So we remember at the time during the Kavanaugh confirmation that what the accusers of Kavanaugh were doing was going after things that were said in his yearbook to try to prove this was a pattern of behavior towards Kavanaugh. But it seems that Ford's yearbook at least had the same type of stuff. So why is this important? Are we doing this to just blast Kavanaugh's accuser? Well, some might be doing that. But I want to talk more about this, why this is important to know in the big picture of things. We'll also take your calls and texts, 407 
916-5400. You can text to 23680 where standard message and data rates apply as well. We'll get to that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes here on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Updating another top story for you right now. A search is underway to find two witnesses to a deadly stabbing in Orange County. Deputies believe the two and another person broke into a home on South Central Avenue in Apopka this weekend and attacked a female resident. That resident then allegedly stabbed one of the suspects to death and the other two fled the scene. Investigators believe the resident knew at least some of the attackers, but no motive has been released. Updating the top stories every 10 minutes every morning on Good Morning Orlando. Radio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. So we're talking about the fact that there's this new book out called uh, called Justice on Trial. It's about the confirmation process of Brett Kavanaugh and a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff that we didn't really hear at the time. We heard all about the accusations against Brett Kavanaugh. But we didn't hear a lot about the background of Christine Blasey Ford. In fact, there were many movements out there, and I think there was a hashtag on Twitter for a while that it was hashtag believe her, that we were just supposed to believe her accusations. Now, another interesting thing that came out of this book is Melania Trump apparently told the president that, you know, she's lying, right? Apparently, that's something that's also revealed in the book that even Melania Trump didn't believe her. But I went over some details that they found from some classmates of hers that say that she had some problems herself, that she was very sexually aggressive and also had problems with drinking. Now, we all we heard all of this about Kavanaugh, but we weren't hearing all of this about the accuser. And this is important. But before I talk more about this, we do have some text coming in. Melissa, did you... Uh, Want to read some of the text messages that are coming in? And by the way, you can text to 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. Sure. With regards to this Kavanaugh thing, we've got a uh, texter who says, I'm a dentist. And after witnessing what happened to Justice Kavanaugh, I made it a rule in my office that I will never go into a room alone with a member of the opposite sex because in today's society, a man is automatically guilty regardless of any incident happening. And I think there's a lot of people that agree with that. That well, feel that way. Sure. As a dentist, I don't know that that rule was in play, but I know medical doctors, they have to have a female assistant in there when they are right. looking at a it's female a, patient. It's a smart rule. Yes, it is. And yeah, I'm never in a room alone with Melissa. Well, ever. I, yeah, that's an HR that, rule. That's, yeah. that's just a general rule for <laughs> girls and guys. Just don't be alone in a room with Melissa. <laughs> Big AKA. signs all over the building that say that. A.K.A. the Fox. Yeah. Now, one person did text in and said uh, he is in the Supreme Court. Let it go. You don't have to try to discredit the woman. Heaven forbid if it did happen and you are discrediting her. What if it was your sister or daughter? And I understand what he's saying. Why are we bringing this up now? But the whole reason I want to bring this up is there is a reason why we have innocent until proven guilty. There was a reason why at the time I was saying, you know, the evidence for this is kind of slim here. And we're talking about ruining someone's life. And a lot of his life was already ruined, him and his family, ruining someone's life without real evidence, without enough evidence. And then we find out more information on the background of the accuser. And we didn't hear that part of it, which is more evidence that sometimes there's more to the story. 
And yes, the accuser as well is innocent until proven guilty. These things about her could be totally wrong. The whole point is you're supposed to look at all the evidence with something like this and make a judgment because I don't know Brett Kavanaugh. I didn't know him back then. I don't know Blasey Ford. I didn't know her back then. So most people, it seemed like, were making a judgment based on their political preference, which political side they were on. And I was constantly saying at the time, we have to step back and make sure that people are innocent until really proven guilty. And I understand this wasn't in the court of law, but even with a confirmation, you have to make sure there's enough evidence for something like this before you ruin someone's life because you could be setting a precedent that destroys people. And this person was saying, God forbid, it was your sister or daughter. You know, I talked to a lot of women at the time who, were th- who when they saw Kavanaugh and his powerful testimony and he was in tears, they said, God forbid, that was my husband or my brother or my father or my son. So men also, God forbid, it was a man who's being falsely accused. This is a whole reason why we have innocent until proven guilty. And one thing I never really understood is why this all had to be played out in public the way it was. Why couldn't this questioning be done behind closed doors as many congressional investigations are done? Yeah. And also the fact that, uh, you know, Christine Ford, whatever you want to say about her, uh, she apparently was very reluctant to come forward and uh, had notified, I guess, Senator Dianne Feinstein's office that an incident had taken place, but didn't want to come forward herself and make these accusations. Her name got dropped somewhere along the line, and she was kind of forced into mm-hmm. the public. And we know why, but we you talked about you don't understand why this is all done in public. We do understand. It's all politics. Well, sure. It's all partisanship. And we're getting to the point where we're destroying people's lives for partisan political reasons. And I think that's just, I just think that sets a bad precedent if there's not enough evidence there. So we can talk more about this on future shows, but Alan has much to talk about at the bottom of the hour. A billionaire pleads not guilty to charges of sex trafficking and a Florida teen's remarkable run at Wimbledon is over. Those stories and others, plus elsewhere and uh, traffic and weather together in just two minutes. 729 on Good Morning Orlando. Yes, and welcome back to Good Morning Orlando. This is Yaffe filling in for Bud. Alan Spector is here, and he has an update on the breaking story over Jeffrey Epstein, who uh, made a plea yesterday. Quite sensational, this story is, Michael. Billionaire Jeffrey Epstein, a hedge fund manager and friend of many politicians, pleading not guilty to sex trafficking charges at a court in New York City. According to the federal indictment, Epstein is accused of creating a sex trafficking network between 2002 and 2005. Prosecutors say Epstein paid dozens of underage girls, as young as 14, hundreds of dollars to massage or to have sex with him at his mansions in New York City and in Palm Beach, Florida. Epstein's employees allegedly coordinated appointments with the girls. He is also accused of having his victims recruit others. Investigators also revealed in court they found a vast trove of lewd photographs of young looking women or girls in Epstein's Manhattan mansion. Inside the $77 million townhouse, photos were found in a locked safe with handwritten labels like miscellaneous nudes one and girl pics nude. In New York, Brian Yennis, Fox News. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A high school principal in South Florida is out of a job 
The Palm Beach County School District removing Principal William Latson from his position at Spanish River High in Boca Raton yesterday. This comes after Latson told a parent via email that he needed to remain politically neutral about the Holocaust and cannot say that it is a factual historical event. The city of Orlando is mourning the loss of a new attraction at Lake Eola. Officials announcing that a male black-necked swan has died just two weeks after arriving at its new home. The swan was one of two males brought to Lake Eola as potential mates for a female black-necked swan named Queenie. An Orange County corrections officer is the recipient of a rare honor. Giovanni Hernandez was presented yesterday with the Distinguished Service Award for his actions during a fire last month on Jamestown Drive. Hernandez and his son escaped their apartment during the fire, but Hernandez went back inside to save a stroke patient who had trouble getting out. The Distinguished Service Award is usually reserved for firefighters, but the fire rescue chief says everyone was so impressed by Hernandez's actions they thought he deserved the honor. A teenage tennis sensation from Delray Beach is looking to get a little rest, but promises to quickly be back on the hard courts to prepare for her next tournament. I want to be in many more second weeks again, um, live many more moments like this again, so I know that's only what happen if I continue to work hard. 15-year-old Coco Goff's Wimbledon dreams ended yesterday when she lost her round of 16 match against former world number one Simona Halep. I have a feeling she's going to have many more opportunities, though. Yeah, she's not over the hill yet at no, 15. I don't think so. <laughs> the phone calls are coming, so, you know, the endorsements are yeah. coming. And I think she's eligible for a couple of things, but not yet until she turns 16 or something. Is that what you just she, She's going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. No She'll matter right. what. Mm -hmm. Elsewhere. The latest edition of the International Wife Carrying Championship is history. <laughs> On Saturday, you thought Wimbledon was big? Yeah. The wife-carrying championship. This happened Saturday in Finland. A Lithuanian man and his wife won the 31st annual championship for the second consecutive time. In order to win, the husband carried the wife through an 830-foot obstacle course, <laughs> running at times, walking through mud, crossing through waist-high water, and overcoming wooden barriers. They completed the obstacle course in one minute, six seconds. Oh, wow. The husband won the prize of his wife's weight in beer. Yeah. <laughs> what? Wunderbar. Interesting, You know, though. they do that with the fireman carry, though. I mean, she's got to be hooked over his uh, his shoulder the whole time. It's actually quite a feat. Yes. So there's an incentive for your wife to be heavier in mm -hmm. one sense because you get a bigger prize, but to be lighter in another sense because it would be easier to win. So Therein lies the dilemma. Oh. <laughs> the paradox. A Detroit man is attempting to break a Guinness World Record after doing more than 4,000 burpees in 12 hours. 4,000? 4,000. I, I can't do on, four in 12 hours. On, <laughs> on Sunday, Brian Abel, an active duty U.S. Army soldier, performed 4,689 burpees in support of a military foundation. Now, for those who don't know what burpees are... They are named after their inventor, physician Royal H. Burpee. Oh, is that where that name came from? I always wondered where the name came yeah, from. I thought yeah. it was because I burp after I do the at second. No, he go ahead and tell us how to Well, he invented them in the 1930s as a quick tool for testing physical fitness. The classic burpee is a four-count movement consisting of four steps. Begin in a standing position, move into a squat position with your hands on the ground, kick your feet back into a hand plank position while keeping your arms extended, Immediately return your feet into squat position 
stand up from the squat position. Now, the problem is for me to do these, I would have to remember all those steps, and there's no way. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> that, and, and yes, and therein lies the dilemma. And, and they, Otherwise, you'd be fine. Oh, yeah. 4,000, no problem. No problem at all. Right now. And finally, it appears there is another Bluebell ice cream liquor. It's not me, I swear. <laughs> well, this happened in Louisiana, where police have arrested a 36-year-old man for licking a tub of Bluebell ice cream. Lenise Martin III was reportedly inspired by a viral video of a teenage girl in Texas committing the same act, which we talked about recently. An unknown individual recorded Martin at a grocery store, opening a carton of Bluebell, licking it, poking it with his finger, and putting it back on the shelf. Martin returned to the store and showed a receipt for the ice cream, but he was later arrested. This comes after a young woman appeared on a viral video in Texas licking a container of Bluebell ice cream and putting it back in the dairy case, and she is facing possible charges. You know that they can get two to 20 years in jail. It all stems back to the Tylenol, tainted Tylenol thing Mm -hmm. back Mm. in the day. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should throw the book at them. Leave my ice cream alone. Don't be licking my Bluebell. How dare you mess with my ice cream? sacred ground. (laughs) By the way, there's another one. I don't know if you saw someone uh, uh, took a swig of Listerine and then spit it back in the bottle and put a video of that. Of them in a Walmart doing that. Okay, they need so to this, stop. This is just. <laughs> That's got to stop. This is getting out of hand. It is. Find more on these stories on the Good Morning Orlando page at WFLAOrlando.com. Just look for elsewhere. With Alan Spector. And next, the UK says it will conduct an investigation into leaked documents that are harshly critical of the Trump administration. We're going to talk with our national correspondent, Bill Zimfer, on that and more in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as well in two minutes here on Good Morning Orlando. Updating one of the top stories right now, Congressman Eric Swalwell is withdrawing from the 2020 presidential race. The California representative had been in the closely watched race for the Democrat nomination for about three months, but his campaign failed to gain much momentum. Swalwell said he hoped his bid raised awareness of gun control and climate change. Updating the top stories every 10 minutes here on WFLA. Dave Ramsey, weekdays 3 till 5 p.m. News Radio 93.1. And the United Kingdom is conducting an investigation into leaked diplomatic documents that are critical of President Trump. We're going to talk with our national correspondent, Bill Zimfer, right now. And Bill, I understand that Trump has responded to this as well. Yeah, he has. Uh, The barbs are flying back and forth across the Atlantic Ocean now. The president responded by saying that we will no longer deal with this ambassador, Sir Kim Derrick, and uh, that he is not really well liked or well thought of in in this country. And that has already started because last night uh, there was a dinner at the White House in honor of the emir of Qatar that uh, Ambassador Derrick was on the guest list for. He was removed from that guest list. So now this has already started. The shunning has begun as a result of these leaks, which are really embarrassing for the UK and the administration of Theresa May. They are in damage control right now, uh, Michael, with Theresa May and others, including their foreign secretary, Jeremy Hunt, and their trade minister, Liam Fox, saying that these were the views of the ambassador, not the view of the UK government. And uh, some of the things he said were that the Trump administration was inept and clumsy, said the president himself radiates insecurity, and to deal with him, you have to keep your points simple 
and even blunt so that he can understand them. And those are some of the nicer things he had to say about the Trump administration. So uh, one of the other concerns for the U.K. government is the fact that these were confidential diplomatic telegrams, or diptels as they're called, that were leaked to the Daily Mail, which published them on Sunday. And this is the second serious confidential leak that has occurred recently within the U.K. government, the first resulting in the firing of their defense minister, uh, Gavin Williamson. So the U.K. is dealing with a leak problem within their government. This is certainly embarrassing for them. Uh, and the president says it's time to move on here. And r- really, the good news may be that uh, they're in the midst of an overhaul anyway. Boris Johnson is likely to become their new prime minister over the next several weeks, and uh, he might be uh, just overhauling that diplomatic corps as well. This ambassador, Sir Kim Derrick, was supposed to leave the position at the end of the year anyway, so I would look for an early retirement for him. Yeah, no doubt about that. Interesting that they have a leaking problem. It was a problem that the Trump administration had earlier on. So it's not just our country that's having to deal with this. Not, not at all. And really, let's face it, too. These were some comments that are not strange. We've heard things like this before, sometimes from former members of the Trump administration. But it is certainly embarrassing for the U.K., Oh, yeah, no doubt about that. Bill Zimfer, our national correspondent, updating the latest on that story. Bill, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again soon. You got it. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of people just uh, can't handle Trump's different style. Uh, The Rush Morning Update coming up next in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes here on WFLA. Here's another headline for you right now. Former President Bill Clinton is denying all knowledge of the crimes that billionaire Jeffrey Epstein is accused of committing. Epstein was charged with sex trafficking underage girls and pleaded not guilty to those charges yesterday. Clinton has been linked to Epstein, with one Fox News report saying he flew on Epstein's plane over two dozen times. Clinton says he hasn't spoke with Epstein in over a decade. Updating the top stories every 10 minutes here on Good Morning Orlando. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando. So in the first hour, we were supposed to get on an AccuWeather meteorologist, couldn't make the connection, so I had Kelly get on the job, and am I right, Kelly? We have booked the meteorologist for later on in this hour. We are expecting a call, ladies and gentlemen. He's we're expecting to a call. Okay. Throw you okay. under the bus. <laughs> I mean, so that if it doesn't happen, you know who to blame, right? That's, uh, <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah, that's how it works. I, I mean, usually I get blamed because I'm usually the producer. So I'm in the host chair today, so I get to actually blame someone else. Right, and I'm so producing, but you already <laughs> called Kelly on it. So I'm like, this is great. I'm out. Oh, that's true. Although you did give us such a great forecast earlier, Melissa Fox. Thank you. Yeah. Alan, did you know I used to be a weather prognosticator? I, I believe you have mentioned that a few times. Yeah, but Michael missed it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, she, she just... This has apparently done everything and anything. I've been uh, everywhere. Her talents know no bounds. Oh, my no talent knows <laughs> no bounds. <laughs> but um, so but it is an important story because we do have this tropical system that uh, could become a tropical depression within this week. Once it gets into the Gulf of Mexico, I guess it could become Tropical Storm Barry and maybe even eventually Hurricane Barry. Stop scaring people. Well, I haven't. Fear I haven't, I haven't said hunker down. Not yet, yet. hunker down. Oh. Until it's not scary until somebody says hunker down, yeah. 
until Tom Terry rolls up his sleeves. That's it. When the meteorologist Tom Terry, gentlemen, now, when he rolls up his sleeves, then you know. What about Nikki Farantella? It's time to hunker down. I don't know. I don't know who that is. <gasps> I feel Isn't that the guy from the Weather Channel too? When he starts showing up, or Glenn? No, Gary. that's um um uh, Mike. Centelli? Is Centauri? That... Uh, what? No, you know no. I'm talking about. You're thinking so of Jim Cantori. <laughs> yeah, Jim Cantori. Thank you, It's Alan. when he shows up in your town is when you have to worry. <laughs> That's when you worry, right. Here, meanwhile, I'm talking about the manager for Foreigner. I'll be okay. I think <laughs> he actually did come to Florida recently. So maybe that's why this storm has formed. Because Cantori decided to show up in Florida, and then there you go. Well, where's the manager for Foreigner? That's well, what I want to know. I think in Nantucket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be all right. Feels like but, the first time, doesn't well, it, Melissa? Yeah, it, it sure is, yeah. So we'll get more details on that storm later in the hour. And, Alan, I believe you have more details on it for the top of the hour. Yeah, tropical storm system bound for the Sunshine State. And a former Gator wins baseball's home run derby, those stories and others, and traffic and weather together in just two minutes, 7.58 on Good Morning Orlando. WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Welcome to the 50,000 watt front porch where we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Filling in for Bud today, this is Yaffe. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour a rainmaker heads for Florida. More in one minute. Do women's soccer players deserve equal pay? Talk about that next. 802 on News Radio 93.1. Areas along the Gulf Coast from Florida to Texas could get pounded by rain later this week. Dennis Felkin with the National Hurricane Center in Miami says a low-pressure area over Georgia is going to move south and... A tropical depression is likely to form by the end of the week while that whole system, the low, moves slowly westward over the northern Gulf of Mexico. And officials in Tallahassee are offering to fill sandbags ahead of possible flooding. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The man found guilty of killing Winter Park nanny Jennifer Fulford seems to want to be put to death. Scott Nelson testified yesterday in the penalty phase of his murder trial, and when the prosecutor asked him if he wanted to be executed, he answered yes. His lawyers objected, however, and the judge told the jury to disregard that comment. Nelson was convicted last month of killing Fulford during a robbery two years ago. A Brevard County man is accused of attacking a cop. 33-year-old Justin Gentian was arrested yesterday after allegedly attacking a female Melbourne police officer who was trying to arrest him for shoplifting. Gentian was able to get away during that initial arrest attempt at Bell's Outlet on O'Galley Road, but he was found hours later in Satellite Beach. The officer suffered injuries described as significant but not life-threatening. The U.S. and the Taliban set for another round of peace talks today. U.S. and Taliban representatives expected to meet again in Qatar. It's the latest in a series of negotiations aimed at striking a peace deal to end Afghanistan's 17-year war. The chief U.S. negotiator, former ambassador to Afghanistan, Zalmay Khalilzad, says substantive progress has been made in recent weeks, with the Trump administration hoping to have a plan in place by September. In the meantime, the Taliban continues to carry out regular deadly attacks. Simon Owen, Fox News. President Trump says he'll no longer deal with the British ambassador to the U.S. 
after leaked cables show that he called the president inept and clumsy. On Twitter yesterday, Trump said Ambassador Kim Derrick isn't well thought of within the U.S. The cables were leaked to the Daily Mail newspaper, revealing Derrick disparaging the president. New York Mets first baseman and former Florida Gators star Pete Alonzo is Major League Baseball's 2019 Home Run Derby champion. Alonzo said it was a special night he won't soon forget. I mean, it's to do this in front of friends and family and uh, loved ones. It's, it, it was just it's a dream come true. It's, it's amazing. Um, I, I couldn't have had a better pitcher. I mean, this, this, was, this was surreal. Alonzo edged out Toronto Blue Jays rookie Vladimir Guerrero Jr. 23-22 in the finals at Cleveland's Progressive Field. He wins $1 million in prize money and he's giving 10% of it to charity, 5% each to the Wounded Warrior Project and to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Nice of him to give credit to the pitcher, too. Yeah, I feel like they never get credit in these home run derbies. They do sometimes, and it's interesting sometimes the relationship. I know Robinson Cano, when he was a member of the Yankees, won the home run derby a few years ago, and his dad was pitching to him. Oh, really? So do they pick the pitcher they want? Yeah, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and it's like, okay, put it right here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know my sweet spot. Yep. WFLA News time is 8.05. A falling tree splits a public truck in half. Ooh. Everybody's okay. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Welcome to the 50,000-watt front porch. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. So we've all been talking about the big news, of course, of the women's national soccer team, Team USA, winning the World Cup recently. The team, of course, defeated the Netherlands in the World Cup on Sunday. And they're going to come back home soon, and they're going to have the parade in New York City uh, in Manhattan, I forget which day. Do you remember which day they were going to have that parade? It's going to be tomorrow. Um, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow. So usually these things are just, yay, good celebration. But in 2019, everything has a controversy. And now there's a controversy surrounding women's the women's national soccer team. And basically women's soccer players generally. Because there have been complaints that women's soccer players are underpaid. That there's a pay gap between them and the men's soccer players. In fact, and we'll play the audio later, there was a chant at the World Cup game by the fans saying, equal pay, equal pay. I mean, just what I want to hear at a a sports game, a political chant at at a sports game. But I want to go over some of the facts on this because it seems like there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to paying these women athletes. A lot of it is basically what I said and what Melissa and Tom said on yesterday's show. Trust me. I mean, everyone wants to blame everything on either racism or sexism. But I don't think that's at play here when it comes to the women's soccer team. And I will tell you why in a moment. And we have more news. And, of course, we'll take your calls as well. Do you think the women's soccer team, the World Cup soccer team, should be paid more, should be paid equal to the men? 407-916-5400. We'll take calls and texts next. And we'll update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. 807 on Good Morning Orlando. 
812 right now on Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Here is one of the top stories for you. The U.S. women's national soccer team is back home. They received a hero's welcome at the Newark International Airport, where the jet was honored with a water cannon salute as it taxied to a stop. The team defeated the Netherlands in the Women's World Cup final in France on Sunday. They will receive a ticker tape parade in New York City tomorrow. Updating the top stories every 10 minutes here on WFLA. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. And we already have some calls and texts coming in, but it should have just been a general celebration for the World Cup soccer team, the Women's World Cup, that really actually, they did a really good job. I mean, they were practically unstoppable in in the World Cup. You know, they I got thought. another controversy, right? Controversy about the flag when they were celebrating, it dropped on the ground, and that one gal jumped in and, and saved the day, uh, Kelly yeah. O'Hara. You think it was a made-up controversy, don't you? I think it's a fake controversy. I mean, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt that they just got caught up in the celebration, accidentally dropped the flag, and someone went to pick it up. I'm willing willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, at least on that one. So the funny-looking little man with the purple hair, it wasn't her (laughs) fault? I mean, as much as I'd like to blame her for that, because she deserves blame for a lot of other things, mm-hmm. definitely. I- I'm I'm just not one who's going to get all bent out of shape about that, which could have been an honest mistake in the heat of the moment. I, I, I give you that. I just want to make sure credit goes out, though, to Kelly O'Hara. She yeah. is the one who jumped in there and picked up the flag as it was heading toward the ground and made sure it did not get disrespected by the other enthusiastic winning soccer players. And she definitely deserves a lot of credit for that. So it should have been just a celebration, but everything is a controversy now. It all started, well, actually, it started way before this, but it got more attention because crowd members at the World Cup started chanting, here is that chant. Equal pay, equal pay, You're getting equal paid pay. Enough. You're getting paid enough. Yeah, I don't remember that part of the chant, but, you know, maybe if you were there, Melissa, or if I, I were there, we would have chanted that. So, yes, there's a controversy because the women's soccer players do not make as much as the men's soccer players in the Men's World Cup. And Megan Rapino, the soccer star you were just talking about with the purple hair, she also commented on the fact that there was this chant going on. Here's what she said. I think it's just everybody's everybody's ready for it. Everybody wants it. Um, everybody's ready for the conversation to be moved um, to the next piece. And to have something like that, and, you know, obviously in the biggest match, um, that went so far beyond anything sport um, was pretty incredible. Yeah, just what I wanted a sports game. When I go to a football game, baseball game, basketball game, or a soccer game, I want to hear political or a controversial chance like that. That's you know, just what I'm Michael, though, to. what was really incredible is that young Rapino didn't make it through that whole interview without using potty language. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what a great model. Uh, yeah, uh, anyway. yeah, I know. Great role model. Mm-hmm. But um, there is a voice of reason. I'm always trying to find voices of reason out there in the news. And one voice of reason I heard yesterday was on Fox News. Dana Perino, she's one of the hosts on Fox News, The Five. She actually commented on this, and she is exactly right. Here it is. We could be excited. The United States won. Okay, we're winners. That's great. 
uh, two, you could complain about their behavior. Their, like, the, but you know what? They're being whoever they want to be, whatever. Colin Kaepernick can be who he wants to be, and he gets like all this press from last week, whatever. I, I, here's the thing. In the United States, should they be paid the same as the men on a salary basis? I would say yes. Okay, and I think that their lawyers are actually going into mediation right now, and that's just something that they can deal with because they've showed it in their performance, and they show it in the fact that they get the revenue, that the people are coming to watch it. and they're But when it comes to the World Cup, literally half the world watches the Men's World Cup. It's right. like 3.5 billion people. Right. Right. That is not the same for the Women's World Cup yet. Maybe they'll get there one day at some point, but I, so I do think there's a distinction there. Once again, it's not about sexism. It's about money as it should be in something like this. So she was pointing out that in U.S. soccer, they probably should get paid the same. That is because in recent years, the gap between revenue generated from women's soccer and men's soccer has been closing. So they're almost pretty equal when it comes to the revenue they generate. But when you're talking about the World Cup, there is a significant difference in the amount of revenue and fans and attention they get now there's also a significant pay gap fifa the international soccer organization will give about 400 million dollars to male players in the world cup while female players will make around 30 million when you hear that male players make 10 times what female players make some people think oh that's just unfair but the Women's World Cup brought in almost $73 million in revenue. So the women's players, they get about 13% of that revenue. The 2010 World Cup in South Africa, the Men's World Cup, made almost $4 billion, of which 9% went to the players. The men still make the majority of the money. The Men's World Cup in Russia generated over $6 billion in revenue with participating teams sharing $400 million. That's less than 7% of the revenue. The Women's World Cup is expected to earn $131 million for the full four-year cycle and dole out $30 million to participating teams. That's $6 billion for men versus $131 million for revenue, yet the women actually make a higher percentage of the revenue generated in the Women's World Cup than the men do for the revenue generated in the Men's World Cup. Those are facts. Those are numbers. Those are statistics. It's not sexism. By the way, Rapino wants to quad, thinks it should be quadrupled thinks the amount of money that women get should be quadrupled. So if they $30 million was quadrupled to $120 million, that would be almost 100% of the revenue that World Cup generated. You cannot tell me that's fair. That's not how this works. And Dana Perino was exactly right there. That There's just no contest right now in the amount of revenue generated. It's not a sexism thing. Not everything is sexist or political. It's just the facts of the numbers. 407-916-5400. You can text at 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. There was another thing, another controversy from the World Cup that some claimed was a sexist double standard. Talk about that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. And take your calls and texts as well in two minutes here on Good Morning Orlando. 
Updating one of the top stories right now as nerves remain on edge in Southern California after two powerful earthquakes last week. Experts predict another one could be on the way this week. Aftershocks have been taking place about once a minute since Friday's magnitude 7.1 Ridgecrest quake. In the longer term, the U.S. Geological Survey says there's a 70% chance a magnitude 6.7 or higher will hit the San Francisco Bay Area along the San Andreas Fault before the year 2030. Updating the top stories every 10 minutes here on WFLA. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Got a bunch of calls and texts coming in right now dealing with this controversy over the pay gap between the World Cup women's players and the World Cup men's players. Let's go through those calls right now. Let's go to Rick in Oviedo. Rick, what's your take? Hey, Yaffe, good morning. I got a couple quick takes I want to make. Sure, go ahead. First of all, um, it, you touched on the point where what Dana Pareto was saying. It's a revenue thing. I mean, if you're going to make – the men are going to make $6 billion and the women are going to make $150 million, it's a no-brainer. The men should be made paid more. But even more so, I want to say I'll fight for the women on this one. It should be a performance thing. If you win the whole thing, you should make more than if you don't. And I can't remember. I don't, I don't follow soccer enough to care, but I don't know when the last time the men won anything or even made it to the round of eight. Um, so on that point, you know, maybe the women should get a little bit more. But, I mean, for what Megan Rapinoe wants, 100% of the revenues is crazy. And then my final thing is this. I was under the impression that they weren't paid at all, kind of like the Olympic athletes don't get paid in the United States, and they make their money on endorsements after the fact. I mean, I know. Well, that, and some uh, of them will, but yeah, the, I know that uh, the one girl Morgan was on the cover of Sports Illustrated a couple of times, and you know they're all going to do that, do it that way. But really and truly, it, it's a non-issue. It's just you know they, they're not happy with being Americans. They should have stayed in France if they didn't like it. And yeah, that's my point. So, All right, Rick. Great, great uh, job. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you for your call. Uh, let's take another call here. Mike in St. Cloud. Mike, what's your take? Hey, Yaffe. Yeah, I wanted to be a little playful and just irritate people by saying the women are overpaid because <laughs> they're getting 13% of the cut yeah. instead of the 9%. So that appears discriminatory. But the real issue, and I don't like these ladies only because of their politics. Uh, And what really upset me is they hurt themselves big time by being political. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. Left turn like ESPN and they're losing the endorsements now that they've taken the championship. No one wants to hire them because they're afraid they're going to pull a Kaepernick. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I've heard some other complaints, too, that they came off a little too arrogant and unsportsmanlike. With the exception of Kaepernick was on his way down and these girls were very good. But. Yeah, that that is a good point. It makes a difference when you're actually really good. Another controversy that kind of came up, it's kind of a uh, it's a small controversy, but Alex Morgan uh when she uh scored a a goal in one of the games, she made this whole sign of like a teacup and she was playing against Britain at the time and people thought you know, that's not sportsman like you're kind of mocking their culture. She was making like she was sipping tea. Yeah, sipping tea. And, of course, she responded to these uh, accusations. And, of course, she said, well, it's a sexist double standard because everything is sexist. Here it is. There is some sort of double standard in 
for females um, in sports to feel like we, you know, have to be humble in our successes. So once again, she's claiming that there's a sexist double standard. I really don't buy that here. I, I really don't. There might be in some cases, but not everything is sexist. I think people were just upset because she seemed to be mocking their culture. And I think people would be upset if a guy did that too. Um, let's take a call here and one more call. Let's go to Marvin in Titusville. Uh, Marvin, what's your take? Hey, good morning. Thank you for having me. A long-time listener. No, I just uh, I want to piggyback what the previous two callers said. You know, if the revenue is not there, then it's not there. I mean, it's, money doesn't come from, you know, plumbing. I mean, it, the revenue has to be there. And moreover, if there is a discrepancy in percentage, then I would understand, you know, to appease these people, we can do a study and, and look, like you said yourself earlier, look at the percentages. How do they trickle down to the player? Right. Then I could see they have a problem there. But, I mean, that's basically what I would say. You know, these people need a sip, you know, talking about a sip, sip of the teacup, a little sip of reality. I mean, my wife played Division One basketball for uh, four years, full ride, and she can't, she can't stand to watch women's basketball. You know, it's just like, it's so boring. And, and, you know, and there is a credit to that. There is some kind of validity to that. I mean, it's yeah. just not as well, popular. Yeah. It's getting there. It's getting there. And then a quick story, and I'll, and I'll let you go. Um, a funny story about the flag being dropped. One time when we took the flag off on the 4th of July, somebody took it off and my family was laying on the ground in, in the garage and, and that jogger walked by. She saw me picked it up and I tell you what, I freaked out. I started pulling out YouTube videos on how to cleanse myself from that tragedy. But, oh. but anyway, so <laughs> Maybe they should do that. <laughs> yeah, but hey, I'll let you guys go and comment, but I appreciate you. And uh, yeah, it's just money's not there. It's not there. That's the bottom line. You know, it's Right. I'm looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Marvin. <laughs> uh, good call on that. So no doubt this will continue to be an issue that we'll talk about in the future. But Alan Spector, you have more to talk about in a couple of minutes. A Holocaust denying school principal gets a different job, and the U.S. women's soccer team. Hey, have you been yeah. talking about them this morning just at all? Little, just a tiny bit. Wait, what about the soccer team? They're mm-hmm. back home. Did they do Who? something? Those stories and others. <laughs> Plus elsewhere and traffic and weather together in just two minutes. 831 on Good Morning Orlando. And welcome back to Good Morning Orlando. This is Yaffe filling in for Bud. Melissa Fox is producing. Kelly is screening calls. And Alan Spector is here. You have a story about a principal who is uh, being reassigned. And I can understand why. Yeah, this happened in uh, Palm Beach County where the uh, school superintendent is citing a grave error in judgment on the principal's part. William Latson was reassigned yesterday after telling a parent he couldn't say for sure that the Holocaust actually happened. Latson had been principal at Spanish River High in Boca Raton for eight years, but the district says his leadership has become a major distraction. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Hedge fund billionaire Jeffrey Epstein will remain in jail for at least a week. This comes as a federal judge will set a bond amount on charges of sexually abusing a number of underage girls. It's the second time Jeffrey Epstein is facing federal prosecution for trafficking in underage girls, and this time the feds hope a judge will not grant him bail considering his global resources. So we think he has uh, every incentive to try and flee the jurisdiction. And U.S. Attorney Jeffrey Berman says Epstein already has a no-prosecution agreement with federal authorities in Florida, but not in New York. When you have uh, two planes and you live much of the year abroad, 
uh, you know, we think that's a very real risk. That bail hearing won't take place until next Monday. Eben Brown, Fox News. A search is underway to find two witnesses to a deadly stabbing in Orange County. Deputies believe the two and another person broke into a home on South Central Avenue in Apopka this weekend and attacked a female resident. That resident then allegedly stabbed one of the suspects to death. The other two fled the scene. Investigators believe the resident knew at least some of the attackers, but no motive has been released. A thunderstorm appears to be a factor in a fire in Orange County. A fire started early yesterday at a home on 4th Street in Bithlow when a generator exploded. The generator was being used because a tree fell on a power line and knocked out electricity during a thunderstorm. No one was hurt. The U.S. women's soccer team, the subject of Michael Yaffe's most recent segment on Good Morning Orlando, (laughs) is back home after winning the World Cup on Sunday. The team will be honored with a parade in the Canyon of Heroes in downtown Manhattan tomorrow. It will be the second ticker tape parade for tea-sipping co-captain Alex Morgan. Honestly, that was like the best part of 2015 when we won, and so I'm so excited to share this moment with my teammates, um, a lot of whom have never been a part of that, have have never gotten um, the star that we got in 2015, so to do this again, but on a grander scale, knowing that so many more eyes are on us is pretty incredible. And you might remember Alex Morgan played for the Orlando Pride soccer team in 2017. I will say it's pretty amazing to have been a part of that twice. Yeah. For her. So, I mean, kudos to her for that. Elsewhere. Justin Bieber is taking aim at Tom Cruise once again. Well, the pop star said he was just joking when he challenged the actor to a fight last month. I believe it was an MMA fight. He's got another challenge for the Top Gun star. Bieber posted a video to Instagram Sunday taking on the bottle cap challenge where people kick the caps off of bottles. Are you familiar with yeah, this? Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, Bieber kicked a cap off a liquor bottle and said it could be Cruz's head. <laughs> what? He then nominated Tom Why? Cruise for the <laughs> challenge. He also nominated his wife, Haley, who accepted the challenge and kicked a cap off while driving by on an ATV. So fun at the Bieber's. Nothing like it. I don't. What is this problem with Tom Cruise? I don't know. He's Tom, just, I love uh, Tom Cruise movies. Uh, I don't know. You know. Plus, have you ever seen Tom Cruise run? Just him running after you is scary enough. It is. Yeah. Cruise will win that fight. I mean, we all know it. Yeah. Police in Roswell, New Mexico, are looking for the vandals who broke into a zoo and let the animals out <laughs> on Sunday morning. Fencing at the Spring River Park and Zoo was cut, which caused several animals to wander outside their enclosures. Staff were able to account for all of the animals who stayed within the grounds. Despite having the opportunity to make a run for it, the animals stayed nearby. They're like, what are we, nuts? We got it made here. I saw that movie. It's a jungle out here. We don't need to be. (laughs) We get food. They wash us. It's awesome. We're not going anywhere. That totally goes against the narrative of a lot of people. Like, we should set them free. (laughs) So they do, and they're like, um, no. No. No, thanks. I like it here. It's like my cat. Three squares a day and, you know, a place to sleep, and we're fine. That's awesome. And uh, finally, this story sounds like it should be about a Florida man. It's actually about an Oregon man who is facing charges after allegedly breaking into a home with his cat and helping himself to some coffee and a cupcake before trying on the homeowner's Christmas onesie. 
Police arrested 38-year-old Ryan Bishop for the incident Sunday afternoon in the city of Grisham, just east of Portland. Police say the homeowners came home to the sound of something rustling in their crawl space and looked inside to find the cat, which is named Spaghetti, <laughs> wearing a shirt. <laughs> the, <laughs> okay. The, so the cat's wearing a shirt. They then All heard right. something that sounded larger than a cat and called police. Responding officers say Bishop emerged from the crawl space wearing the onesie after they arrived on the scene. He was arrested on charges of first-degree burglary, first-degree criminal mischief, and third-degree theft. The homeowner told police she did not want her Christmas onesie back. (laughs) No? (laughs) Yeah, I'm good. Find more on these stories (laughs) on the Good Morning Orlando page at WFLAOrlando.com. Just look for Elsewhere. With Alan Spector. All right, and we're supposed to talk with our AccuWeather meteorologist coming up in a moment. Really? If they call, they stiffed us before, but hopefully they'll call next, <laughs> and we'll get we'll get an update. Now, now they're going to be. I think we're golden. I was about to say now they're going to be mad at me. Now check that be AccuWeather mad. contract. <laughs> they're going to be mad and make not sure call. you tell them that Kelly set it up in case it falls through. <laughs> so we'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes. This is Good Morning Orlando. Be- Weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. We have a high chance of a tropical system in the Gulf near Florida forming this week. We're talking with our AccuWeather meteorologist Isaac Longley on this developing story. And Isaac, what is the chance that this storm will become a tropical storm or even a hurricane? Well, right now it looks like uh, there is a pretty high likelihood that at least this fo- or the storm will form into a tropical depression. Where it goes from there remains uncertain at this time. It very well could form into a tropical storm or even a hurricane, depending on the track of the system. If it moves farther out into the Gulf of Mexico, there is a lot of warm water to work with out there, so the potential... For it to form into at least a tropical storm is pretty high if it does move farther out into the Gulf of Mexico. Isaac, what is the track right now? What is the forecast for this storm? Uh, Right now, it looks like the track is uh, basically for it to drift down into the Gulf of Mexico and right along the Gulf Coast states. So it looks like right along the Gulf Coast, uh, that's where you're going to see the best chance for some heavy showers and thunderstorms. Some of these could lead to flooding, localized flooding in areas. And the thing is, with this storm is... There will not be much movement with it over the the coming days. So there is a pretty high likelihood that there could be some flooding in areas, especially along the Gulf Coast. Where is it right now, and what is it doing? It is currently located over the Florida Panhandle right now, and it's actually firing up some showers and thunderstorms, mainly off the coast right now over the Gulf of Mexico. However, we are expecting these to move onshore into the Florida Peninsula and even into the Panhandle and along the Gulf Coast throughout the day today, and some of those could be on the heavy side, which may lead to some flooding, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. And we should expect some flooding here in Florida as well? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I think the greatest chance for flooding will be along the western coast, especially up into the Panhandle as well. Uh, Those areas will probably see the heaviest showers and thunderstorms. However, we can't rule out some flooding in central Florida, even on the eastern coast as well. All right, our AccuWeather meteorologist Isaac Longley on the latest on what could become Tropical Storm Barry. Isaac, I appreciate you coming on with us. 
Yeah, no problem. Not a problem at all. All right. Talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. So he did not say the words hunker down. No, but he did say Gulf Coast enough that we've got a drinking game going in master control. Well, I mean, that's where this is going. Gulf Coast. <laughs> what? <Drink>. So, <laughs> But we have no I visual. Mean, we don't know if he had Isaac had actually taken his jacket off, which is the first signal right. that oh, things yeah. may be going awry. And, and the then, sleeves. Yeah, yeah rolling up the sleeves yeah. and a little sweat and then saying hunker down. And then bare chested. Oh. And <laughs> Holding what? a beer in what? one what? hand. What weather uh, what are you watching? Say, what is this channel that you get the weather? No, this from? is my house. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is your weather forecast. This is Alan with my shirt off. Weather. Gotcha. Uh, okay. All right. So we actually have some text coming on on the controversy of equal pay of the soccer players, the men and women. We'll talk about that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes here on News Radio ninety three point one WFLA. One more check of news updates for you here right now. The city of Orlando is mourning the loss of a new attraction at Lake Eola. Officials announced yesterday that a male blackneck swan has died just two weeks after arriving at his new home. No cause of death was revealed. And um, the swan was one of two males brought to the lake as potential mates for a female blackneck swan named Queenie. Updates on the top stories every 10 minutes here on Good Morning Orlando. You're never more than 10 minutes away from the latest news, weather, and traffic. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. So earlier in the hour, we were talking about this so-called controversy of the Women's World Cup soccer players not getting paid what the men do. And I have a texter who was on hold for the phones. I didn't get to his call. Just so you know, first he's saying that he thinks I intentionally skipped his call. Oh, we know you did. He didn't agree with you, so you obviously just didn't want to put him on the air. I mean, it's it's, it's Radio 101, Michael. Come on. He didn't. No, Michael, it it doesn't matter he wasn't off topic. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter he was (laughs) off topic. It didn't matter. Nothing he said disagreed. Michael, you just didn't I want to take saw, it. It's, I just it's took clear. One, I took line one, uh, I know. two, three, you know, and they all just agreed with to be you. Four. No, they all agreed with so you. You did not take the guy because you did not, you know, nope. <laughs> so he actually made the point. Uh, that's not a bad point. He said, um, domestically, the last two years have brought in three times the revenue, the women's soccer, $9.5 million, than the men, but they make 0.89 cent, you know, 89 cents, sorry, per every dollar the men make. The, so I actually kind of pointed that out. I didn't have that exact stats, but I literally read this from the thing. It's true that women's team is more successful against women. That's not the part I wanted to read. Um, as for revenue, historically, U.S. men's soccer has generated more revenue than U.S. women's soccer. That gap has closed in recent years. Now the women generate slightly more than men, though. And I did not read this part, but I'll read this part, too. Um, the pay gap in U.S. soccer is not nearly as large as advertised. The highest paid female soccer players in this country are paid almost the same as the highest paid male soccer players. The pay gap in U.S. soccer only widens among the lower tier players. So I had talked about that domestically, there is, the women are pretty much where the men are, maybe even a little more. He says a little more. And then I played this sound cut from Dana Perino, who basically makes the same point where she said this. We could be excited. The United States won. Okay, we're winners. That's great. 
Uh, two, you could complain about their behavior. If they're, like, they're, but you know what? They're being whoever they want to be, whatever. Colin Kaepernick can be who he wants to be, and he gets like all this press from last week, whatever. I, I, here's the thing. In the United States, should they be paid the same as the men on a salary basis? I would say yes. Okay, and I think that their lawyers are actually going into mediation right now, and that's just something that they can deal with because they've showed it in their performance, and they show it in the fact that they get the revenue, that the people are coming to watch it. And they're... But when it comes to the World Cup, literally half the world watches the Men's World Cup. It's right. like 3.5 billion people. Right. Right. That is not the same for the Women's World Cup yet. Maybe they'll get there one day at some point, but I, so I do think there's a distinction there. So what does she do in that comment that I played and I called her a voice of reason and I said she is exactly right. She makes a distinction between women domestically and the Women's World Cup. She even says domestically women should get paid more because they make the revenue. But World Cup, it doesn't compare. I played that and yet I'm getting accused of not taking a call because this person says I disagreed with them when I didn't disagree oh God, with you're, them. You're providing a false narrative. Uh, that's that's not what we were stacks, talking plenty about. Of, plenty of stacks to back it up. Back it up, back it up, back it up Michael. <laughs> I just, it's really odd that you just wouldn't take my call because I disagreed <sighs> with you. I mean, just, well, All right. So I thought he was, he was getting on my case. Yes, domestically, there is a case they should be paid more. And yes, that is being worked out. And yes, women, the top women's players actually do make close to the men and probably would get paid more. But that's not what I was discussing. We were talking about the World Cup. That is the specific topic that they were complaining about. And there's a reason why they don't make as much as the men. Math, right? So there we go. It's just plain old math. (laughs) Look, trust me. If the women are making the money, they're going to get paid for it because they now have leverage against whatever uh, TV channel they're going to be played on or the league. They have more leverage now. So they're going to be able to negotiate to make more money. Do you think more people tuned in or tuned out because of that little purple-haired man's comments, the soccer lady thing? Well, I don't know. I mean, in the U.S., who knows? I th- They had record... They had record ratings, so it could be possible more people tune in. But I think, you know, across the world, people just thought they were a really good team. Well, they were, but a lot of their antics kind of outshined it. And I think they may have hurt themselves again, even though they're asking for more money for the World Cup. Yeah. Make sure we get that out there. Yes. Well, it is uh, time to go. Simon Conway is going to be filling in uh, for Bud tomorrow. And I'll end the show just like Bud does. God bless you and God bless America. Catch you next time.